Well, today you're in for a special treat. If you're new to the destiny over the last year and a half, uh, maybe you don't know this couple today, but many of you do know this couple. Let me take time to introduce them today. Uh, TJ and Courtney Williams uh, were a part of Destiny Church for several years. They were a part of Missouri Southern, started attending here as college students. Pastor TJ was playing basketball there, and as they started coming, and I just took him out to lunch one day, and we began to talk, and I said, young man, God's got something greater for your life, and it's greater than basketball. And that started the friendship and the discipleship in our lives, and uh, when he was graduated, him and Courtney became married, I asked them to stay uh, on here and locally in town. I said, why don't you stay and, and come be a part of our leadership team, our pastoral team, and they accepted, stepped up, began to lead our young adult worship team, and then also our young adult ministry, GAP ministry, and then Courtney became one of our worship leaders and eventually our business administrator here in the church, and then Pastor TJ, of course, did several different things from worship, and they both led worship, and this so talented people, uh, about Almost two years ago, a year and a half, two years ago, uh, they received a, an offer to go do ministry and a calling there. And we left with our blessing uh, in northern Virginia, a part of a great move of God that's going out there, Life Point Church. God is doing just an awesome, awesome work. They're, they're a part of that. They're an extension of us. And today, I can tell you this. I love them just like I love my, my own children. And I consider them my spiritual children And today. And they're spiritual children of this house, even though they're grown adults. They're always be spiritual children of this house. And today, this is home to them. I want you to put your hands together and welcome them back. Pastor TJ, Courtney, we love you. Come on, church. If you love Jesus, let me hear you make some noise in this place. I said, if you love Jesus, let me hear you make some noise in this place. I said, if you love Jesus, let me hear you make some noise in this place. Listen, we're going to do something a little different. I want everybody to stand up back to your feet for a moment. And I did this in the first service, and I feel that God wants me to do the same thing in this service. That there's some things that some of you are carrying in 2018. That you cannot carry into 2019. And there's some burdens that are in this church that I don't know all the things that are going on. I don't know what you're carrying. But God has showed me before I got here that some people have some really heavy things that they are carrying. And we are going to drop those things right now before we go any further in the service. Before we ask God to do anything else. So if you don't mind, if you wouldn't mind lifting up your hands to God in this place right now. What this is, this is the ultimate sign of surrender. This is just saying, God, I, I give it all to you, and I don't know what you're going through right now. I don't know your situation. I don't know your circumstance. I don't know what somebody said to you. I don't know how they turned their back on you. I don't know how this year was rough for you, but I know that on the other side, I know God's goodness. I know his peace, his grace, his mercy, his joy, and so right now, Father God, I pray that your anointing will be released in this house right now. God, Holy Spirit, will you breathe on us in this place? Begin to move up and down each and every aisle. God, those hearts that are hardened right now, will you begin to chisel away at those things? 
And that things will begin to fall. God, I speak against pride right now and I speak it to fall in the name of Jesus. I speak against the spirit of haughtiness. I speak against the spirit that is keeping people back from receiving everything that you have in this place. And I break it by the power and the authority of Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place to begin to move among our hearts. To begin to move among our spirits. To begin to move among, God, every person in this place. Will you speak to us, God? Will you speak to us and have your way? God, we came in this place not for a show. We came in this place, God, not to hear me, not to, uh, not to even just come to say we came to Destiny Church, God. We came to encounter the true and living name of Jesus Christ. So, God, will you begin to soften hearts now? Soften hearts. And God, begin to do your work in all the busyness of life and all the busyness of holidays. God, will you speak to us? Will you speak to us, God? I live, I live to worship you. Come on, church. Every voice. Let's lift it up one more time. Come on, sing it to him. To worship you. Come on, church. Now don't sing it like you're singing it to me. Sing it like the Savior is standing in this place right now. Come on. To worship. To worship. I live. Come on. To worship. I live. I live. Come on. He's beginning to move in this place right now. Come on. Begin to see him for who he is. Come on, church. Lift it up. To worship. To worship. I live. Come on. To worship. I live. I live. Come on, one more time. Every voice, every heart. Let's sing it like the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is in this place. Come on. Two. Now, Father, we pray, God, that you will move among our hearts and move among our spirits. God, will you have your way in this place? God, and let your very spirit of who you are Touch us. Talk to us. Teach us in this moment. We thank you, God, that we get to be here today on this last Sunday of the year. We pray, Lord, that we put a stake in the ground and we look forward to what you have to us in 2019. In Jesus' name. Come on, church. Let's give God a shout of praise in this place this morning. You may take your seats. You may take your seats. Can you keep playing for me, Mister? I'm a worshiper now. Y'all know me, like uh, so. So what you may not know is uh, um, I I used to lead worship for a very very long time. Just recently, um, I transitioned into just strictly a pastor uh, on our campus, and so I get to pastor people and specifically students. I get to serve as the student pastor. Shout out DCY. What's up, y'all? And. Uh, um, I get to love on those kids and get to pour into them and pour into the rest of our church. And But I'm a, I'm a worshiper at heart. And so anytime I like to sing, preach, read a scripture, I, I just, it's just, everything is better with music, right? Like I could read scripture without it. And y'all be like, oh, that was cool. But like, y'all hear that? Y'all feel that? It feels so good that she's, she's reading, that she's playing right now. But I want to read our text real quick and we're going to get right into it. 
Uh, well, actually, I want to tell you real quick that maybe you don't know who I am or maybe it's been a while or whatever. The two things that you want, you need to know about me uh, is that, number one, I love God. I'm passionate about God. You'll see it today. I'll, I'll get into it. I'll be, I'll be sweating. I'll be going because that's just who I am. I'm passionate about him. And the second thing is uh, I'm passionate about my family. My beautiful bride is sitting right here on the front row. Can we give it up for my wife, Courtney? She's awesome. You'll get to hear from her later and uh, I would not be the man who I am today without her and um, our precious baby girl Giovanna Grace is running around back there somewhere probably almost about to set this place on fire so um, if the fire alarm gets pulled sorry guys Um, but I love God and I love my family and that's all you need to know about me and uh, we're going to get into it I want you to turn your Bibles with me if you will to Luke chapter 5 verses 17 starting at verse 17 and if you have a Bible um or a glowing Bible, get out your smartphones, your dumb phones, your iPhones, your Android phones. If you have an Android phone, go ahead, throw it in the garbage right now, and uh, we'll, have a, we'll have a good day. It says, one day while Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees and teachers of the religious law were sitting nearby. It seemed that these men showed up from every village in all of Galilee and Judea, as well as from Jerusalem. And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up to the roof, took off some tiles. Then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, young man, your sins are forgiven. Can we pray one more time? God, will you be with us this morning? God, Lord, don't let the words that I speak, God, be words that I want to speak. God, but let it be words that you want to speak to your very people in this place today, God. God, don't let it be about me. I don't let them looking at me. Let Destiny Church, God, but let people be pointed towards you, to Jesus tonight, God. Will you have your way in this place this morning, God, and soften hearts and open up ears to this word that you have for us today, God. We believe it and we receive it in advance. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. Thank you, Michelle. Well, uh, I have a question for you guys, um, and this is not deep or spiritual or anything like that, but how many of y'all have, like, actually been, like, lost before? Like, and when I, when I ask that question, I mean, like, not like, you know, in Joplin and Web City lost, like, you turned the wrong corner or something like that. I mean, you were in, like, uh, you know, a different city, a different state or something like that, and you really made a wrong turn, or Siri was all jacked up, she took you the wrong place, and you were, like, for real, for real lost. Have many, any of y'all ever been, like, lost before? Yeah. Like, it is crazy. It's not a good feeling. And you know, the funny thing about this, I knew Pastor Gene when I would ask this question, uh, that not too many guys would raise their hand (laughs) and y'all laughing too. Cause y'all know we don't get lost, right? We just, we take the uh, scenic route. We take the alternative route. We, we knew where we were going the whole time. Isn't that right, Corey? We knew exactly where we were going the whole time. I said this in the first service. If you really want to test a relationship, get lost in the car together with your spouse. And you find out who really has Jesus and who don't. Can I get an amen? Like it is, it's, it is, Lord, y'all don't want to be in the car with me according to get lost. It is, 
Lord bless us. It is not good. But uh, being lost is not a good feeling. It's it's a weird feeling. And, uh, you know, this recently just happened to me a few months ago. Um, I don't know if you guys know this, but we live in northern Virginia. And it's about um, an hour outside of Washington, D.C. And uh, so we often go there and just visit and sightsee. And we still haven't seen half the things that it is to offer. But we went up there on a weekend. And um, it's not really a vacation. If it's only an hour away, it's a staycation. And so we went and we uh, went to dinner. And we got us a hotel room. And we went and saw some sights and all that stuff. And then we came back to the hotel. And it was late at night. And our two, two-year-old two daughter, she was asleep in the car. And so, you know, I did the manly thing and pulled up to the front and let my wife get out with her and helped her, ushered her into the hotel room and uh, made certain they were okay. And I told her, I said, hey, you know, I'm going to, I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll make certain I park the car. Now, this is really important, significant, because for two reasons. Number one, I am very directionally challenged. Anybody else? Like, I just, I don't do good with directions, but you know, I'm, I'm a man. I had to act like I knew what I was doing. I got it, girl. You go get that girl in bed. I got you. I'm good. And so I tell her to go park and, and everything. And the other thing about parking in D.C., what you must know is that it costs an arm, a leg, and an ear to park anywhere in D.C. Like, it's crazy. And so I had to make sure I found the right parking spot in our um, our hotel had a parking garage and so I asked the the hotel attendant I said excuse me ma'am I said where is uh the parking garage again and she said oh it's right around the corner I was like oh okay cool cool I got it I get in the car and I turn around the corner I'm like oh there's no parking garage there um and so I keep going I'm like oh maybe she meant this corner I turn another corner and I'm like it's not here either and I turn another corner long story short y'all somehow I finally pull out my phone I'm like where is this hotel I pull it up and somehow I've gotten 25 minutes away from the hotel. How in the world did that happen? I, I don't know. I'm super directionally challenged. Y'all pray for me. And so I'm like, what in the world is going on? And so finally, uh, Courtney, she's texting me. She's like, babe, it's 30 minutes. Like, where you been? Where you at? I'm like, oh, I just went to go get gas. I just went to get gas. And she's like, the gas tank was full. My bad. I went to get some Cheetos, something. I don't know. Um, and then I finally told her, I'm like, all right, babe, I'm lost. I don't know where I'm going. And, and long story short, I finally find this parking garage and I get in there and the car's parked. I'm like, whew, that was, that was something. But all right, I made it. I made it. Praise the Lord. And I come out and I look and I see this is nothing that I recognize at all. I'm on the street that had nothing to do with the hotel. I guess I parked in the wrong garage or whatever. So now I am still lost. We are sitting at 40 minutes now at this time. And, and she's texting me again. She's like, babe, I'm getting worried. And if I can be honest with you, I'm out walking around. And I don't think about this often, but I am a black man. And I was walking around D.C. at night. I said, Lord Jesus, I got to get inside so I can be safe. Listen, I'm going to be real. And uh, so I'm walking, and uh, she texts me, and she goes, she goes, all right, babe. She goes, here's what I'll do. She said, I will send you my location so you can find where I'm at. I'm like, oh, praise God. Thank you. And so she sends me her location, and uh, in, a, in a nutshell, I finally get back to where, but it wound up being 45 minutes to an hour later when it should have only taken two minutes to park the car and get up into the hotel room. Being lost is not 
a fun feeling. You know, you could be in one place. You could know exactly what it's supposed to be like. You could remember what it was like to be in the place. But being lost is not a fun thing. And can I be real with you today? It's a funny story of me getting lost and being directionally challenged. But can I be real with you today? There's some people right outside those doors. That's exactly how they feel. They're lost. They feel like they have no sense of purpose. They're asking, you know, one of the number one questions that is Googled every single year is, why am I here? What is my purpose? What is my purpose on this planet? And there's some people that are outside these four walls that are lost. And, and what they need is, uh, what helped me get back is this thing called signage. And you know what signage is? Signage is, uh, you know, when you walked in the door, you saw it over the door. It said auditorium or it said coffee shop here or it said kids classes this way. It, te- it showed you the way that you needed to go. And that was the reason that I got back to where I needed to be because I had what you call is a wayfinder. Everybody say wayfinder. And not only did I have that signage, but like I told you earlier in the story, what was the most helpful was that where I needed to be, somebody sent me the location of where they were so that I could get there. And what I'm trying to tell you today is that what I want to impart into you is that as Christians, as believers, as a body of Christ, if you don't know what your purpose is, I'm going to tell you. One of your greatest purposes as a Christ follower is to bring people to Jesus. I, I thought I'd get a couple more amens to that because it's, it's not. It is, it is to bring people to encounter the very presence of God. We have got to be wayfinders, just like Courtney was for me. We've got to be wayfinders for people to get back into the place that they need to be. And so, so here's, here's the thing that I think while we struggle on being wayfinders for people and helping them get back into the place is for a couple of reasons. Uh, number one, I, I think it's because we believe that church is about us. Quiet. We think that church is about us. What do you mean, Pastor TJ? Well, let me tell you. I'm going to tell you some thoughts that you probably wouldn't say out loud that you have thought. You think, oh, well, um, I hope this message is going to preach to me today. I hope this sermon series even has something to do with me. I hope they sing my favorite song. I hope they, I hope when I show up, ain't nobody sitting in my seat in my section. Y'all know, y'all know I got my seat. I should put my plaque on my chair so y'all know where I sit. And I know these things are funny, but this is what happens. And, and what, what, what that really is telling us is that as believers, as churchgoers, sometimes we have fallen into this pit of a consumer mentality. What does that mean? We just came out of uh, 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 holiday season, Christmas season, and uh, for some of you, uh, you haven't been delivered yet, and you actually went to the store and actually bought stuff. Let me introduce you to my girl named Amazon Prime. Two-day shipping comes right to your door, already packaged, already ready. If you don't have that, here you go. You're welcome. God bless you. Amazon Prime, that was how William's family Christmas was provided. We didn't go to no store. But for some of us, we, we still like that, you know, we still like that jazz and that fun and almost cussing people out, whatever, because that's what happens during that time of the year. And uh, um, But what do we think when we go to these stores and we have these consumer mentality? We say, how can I get as much as I can with the, uh, uh, the least amount of investment? 
with the least amount of money? How can I get all these things? So we bring our coupons. We bring as much as we can. We got 20 coupons and we got 20 people in line behind us like, brother, will you please hurry up and pay for your stuff so I can pay for mine? And we're doing all this so we can get as much as we can get without putting the investment. Let me tell you what it looks like for us. Can I sit right here for a second? Here's what it looks like for us with the consumer mentality. Oh, man, I, I, God, I want everything that you want from me, but I'm not, I'm not willing to serve anywhere in the church. Quiet in here. Uh, God, I want everything that you have for me, everything that you have for me, but, but I'm not tithing yet. Uh, can I tell you, people may say, well, I can't afford to tithe. You can't afford not to tithe. God, I want everything that you have. Bless me. Give it to me. Give me. I want all the promises. I want all the blessings, all the things that we read about. I want all of that, but you are not willing to make the investment. And the investment is by saying, God, I, I will pour into giving you everything that you have for me. The second reason I believe that we uh, don't have this mentality of being a wayfinder is that we forget that we were once lost. It is quiet in this Destiny Church. I said we forget that we were once lost. We, we forget that at one point we were out there. Can I be honest with you, real with you? At one point, every single one of us was jacked up. That's a nice way to put it. If every single one of us had things that we were struggling with, I don't care even if you were raised in the church at some point, it, you had to make a decision to say, God, I, I want you to change me. And so we forget about that God has changed us. And so if he's changed us like that and we can remember that, then we know surely there's somebody outside those four walls that God can do the same thing for them. He can do the same thing for them. And so I, I want to ask you this question. I'm going to ask you to raise your hands or anything, but I want you to really think about it. When is the last time that you sat down and actually thought about everything that God has delivered you from? Think about that. Like for some of you, it's been several years. For some of you, it's been decades since you went back and said, God, I'm so thankful that you kept me. God, I'm so thankful that you kept me in my right mind when I walked through that divorce. God, I'm so thankful, God, that you kept me in that accident when I was about to die and I hadn't given you my life yet. God, I thank you for your saving grace. I don't know about you, but when I think about what God has done for me or how the old school preachers say, when I think about the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, I'm going to tell you my story. When I think about that he saved me out of pornography, when I think about that he saved me from being a liar when I think about how he rescued me out of situations all I can do is lift up my hands and say God I thank you for your saving grace God I thank you for that you pulled me out of that God I thank you that you pulled me out of that desire because of your saving grace I wonder if there's anybody in this church that would take five or ten seconds to thank God for what he saved you out of that he kept you out of that divorce that he kept you out of that mess that he kept you safe we're thankful for his saving grace we gotta we gotta remember to be thankful for his grace and I believe that when we get that mode in our mind then we will now see people that are out there differently because we will see well man I was really messed up and and God got me out of that guess what he can do it for you he can do it for you uh, I want to tell you this statement. If there's anything that you don't get from me today, I want you to get this, is that Jesus 
did not save you just for you. I need y'all to listen. I didn't say this at the first service. So let let me get up here and tell y'all I'm a black preacher. I don't know if you know that. And so we deal a little differently than our counterparts, and we are what you call a holla back preacher, not H-O-L-L-E-R, like I'm a holla, H-O-L-L-A apostrophe preacher, so when you say amen, when you clap, when you say preach black man, I'll preach better. So come on, I need y'all to preach this message with me in this place this morning. Jesus did not save you for you. There was an ulterior motive. (laughs) Let me burst your bubble. There was an ulterior motive. You want to know what his ulterior motive was? His ulterior motive was that once he saved you, you would go and tell somebody else. That when he came to you, when he delivered you, when he pulled you out of your situation, that you would then go and tell somebody else about it. We see it all throughout scripture, but one of the most important times that we see it is uh, when Jesus uh, encountered the most demon-possessed man that had ever been recorded. And it was first the disciples, they came up and they said, they tried to cast him out and, and uh, they couldn't do it. And they said, Jesus, we can't, we can't set this guy free. And Jesus was like, watch out, I got this. He prayed over this man. And he was, he was the most bound. He was the most demon possessed. His name was called Legion. He was a crazy man. And Jesus delivered him out of that situation. And, and here's, here's what I love about the story. So y'all know me. I'm, I'm a, I'm a creative guy. I think about stories. I come up with stuff. May not really be there, but just go along with me today. Um, I believe my man was like, he got, he got saved by Jesus. And he said, Woo! Thank you, Jesus. He said, JC, ha ha. My man was good. Come on, bro. He went and picked up his stuff and he was like, all right, good. Cool. Let's, let's roll, JC. I'm ready to go. And Jesus was like, hold on, hold on, brother. He said, where, where are you going? And, and watch, watch this, watch this scripture right here. He tried to get in the boat with Jesus. He was getting into the boat. The man who had been demon possessed to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but he said, what? He said, what? Go home. He said, go home and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy upon you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And watch this. And then all the people were amazed. I want you to know, listen to this. What you have gotten delivered, and when you actually sit down and tell your story to somebody else, they will sit back and say, oh my goodness, I am amazed. And then they will ask you, how did you do that? How did you step out of that? How did you get across that? How did you get past that financial stress? How did you make it when they were cheating on you? How did you make it out of that divorce? You will say, I know the way, why don't you come here and I'll get you in the place of Jesus. And so, so Jesus does not save you just for you. I want us to get that is that he saved you with an an alternative in mind saying that I'm believing that once I do this for you, then you're going to go spread it and tell everybody else. Everybody say, I'm a wayfinder. I'm a wayfinder. And so, so I want to go back now to the text because some of y'all are like, he just, he read something all the way at the beginning and he hadn't said anything about it. Well, I'm coming back to it. I want to give you the tools and the principles of what it looks like 
to actually be a wayfinder, to actually be a wayfinder. I want to read the scripture for you one more time so you know what we're talking about here. Luke chapter 5, we'll start at 18, verse 18. It says, some men, they were carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up to the roof and took off some tiles. Then they lowered the sick man on the mat into the crowd right in front of Jesus. There's a few things there that really stand out. The first thing is, you know, what's so interesting about that story is that it never describes who the man is on the mat and what his relationship was to the people. Like it doesn't say... Uh, that was his cousins. It doesn't say that it was his boys. It doesn't say that it were family members. It doesn't say anything about that. I'm not saying that he wasn't, but the Bible doesn't specifically say it was. So for all we know, this man could have been in a very reality, a possibility that he was a stranger to them. He didn't even, they didn't even know possibly who he was and, and what they did. They still picked him up and what they did, they walked to the place. And they got to the door and they could not get in. Now, this is real puzzling. This is the part that kind of really shakes me because why could they not get in the door? Well, if you read earlier up in the text, it says that Jesus was preaching to um, religious leaders and Pharisees and teachers of the gospel and all those people. They ran to Jesus. And so you know what that tells me? That tells me they were all church people. And so can I tell you what, what I'm really trying to get at? The reason why they could not get him into the door was because of church people. Uh-oh. I know y'all going to get mad at me for that one. But the reason why they could not get in the door was because of church people. People who had consumer mentality. They were sitting there and they were saying, Jesus, give me this. At least I'm in the room. At least I'm in the place. I'm getting to soak all this up. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm here. And there was somebody that was right on the outside that needed to encounter the love of Jesus Christ. And because of them... This guy almost missed his miracle. But thank God, everybody say thank God. Thank God for those wayfinders that he had that were willing to go on up to the roof and and find a way. I, I want to tell you this, that it is so puzzling to me that that or so sad that maybe the reason why. I, I, can I be honest with you all today? It, it is so sad to me that some that the reason why some people are not willing to come to church is because of the people that are already sitting in the seats. It's so sad that they're afraid of us. It's so sad that they think that we're going to judge them because they got blonde and pink and purple and blue hair all in one head. And they got nose piercings and holes in their face and all sorts of stuff. So they feel like they can't come in because of us. And and the reason why I'm preaching this so passionately, I want you guys to get this because this is not a condemning uh, uh, message. Please don't hear this. But I do want you to open your heart and think the reason why I'm so passionate about this is because we're not just talking about getting people into. I hope you don't think this is a, hey, everybody invite your people to come to Destiny Church. This has nothing to do with it. This is about getting people to encounter Jesus. And so, so we're, we're trying to get them to come and, and have them in the place and, 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 and 
It is so important that we do that, not just so they can have a better life, because they will, I didn't say easier, not because things will be greater, not because they'll be surrounded by a body of believers, which is all great. The reason why I'm so passionate about this is because we're talking about someone's eternity. I said we're talking about someone's eternity, church. And, and, and I, I want to tell you something that, that I feel like maybe we don't talk about enough in, the, in churches is that there are two very real places. There is a very real place called heaven. And can I be honest with you? There is a very real place called hell. It's in the Bible. It's there. But here's the thing. Here's the, like, here's my imaginative mind and stuff. I don't know about what you think about when you think about hell, but for some reason I think about, you know, uh, lava splashing everywhere and I think of volcanoes poofing out and, you know, people screaming out and crazy. But let me give you the real picture of what hell actually looks like. Hell is simply a godless place. What does a godless place look like? Well, one thing I can guarantee you that hell looks like is it's dark. Want to know why? Because God is light. Hell is chaotic. You want to know why? Because God is peace. Hell is painful. You want to know why? Because God is healing. And if it's a godless place, listen, the reason why I'm passionate about it is because I don't want you to walk out of here and be like, oh, well, I got to do better. I got to invite people. What it should do is not make you mad, not make you look at me and be like, who does this guy think he is? What it should do is break your heart. When you see people that are lost, that don't know uh, who God is and, and, and they're far from God. When you see that, it should break your heart because that's what happens to God. Uh, God doesn't stand up there and when somebody shakes his fist at him, he doesn't say, all right, I'll smite them. He cries. It breaks his heart. You parents in the room, you know what it could feel like if your son or daughter shook their fist at you and ran away and never came back. It hurts you. It breaks you. And so the way that we can make certain that we find a way is that we have to make a choice to have vision for people and not sight. What does that mean? Because y'all are probably like, that's the same thing. Well, let me tell you, sight is very narrow. Sight is saying, hey, Miss Kim, how you doing today? What does everybody say when you ask them how they're doing? Good. of the time, and maybe 1% of the time you get somebody to cry and snot all over your face and whatever. But most of the time, they just all say they're good. But can I be honest with you? That's probably not the true statement for half of the people. They're not good. Their marriage is broken. Their their son uh, ran out on them. They're they're struggling financially. They don't know how they're going to get out of this hole. They're they're going through all these things. And if you ask how they're just doing, they're going to say they're doing good, but vision says, Miss Kim, how are you this weekend? How, what is the biggest thing that you're going through this week that I could pray for you for? How, what is the biggest struggle that is keeping you back from receiving everything that God's? What can I do to make your week easier? Can I come and bring you lunch? Can we go and have coffee? Can we? That's vision. You know, it just simply, it, it happened to me. I'll share this quick story and I'll fly through everything else. This happened to me. God has been literally wrecking me over this sight versus vision statement. Um, um, over the last couple of months, and this just happened to me recently, uh, we had our big student service, and I'm in charge of a lot there because I'm, I'm the student, one of the student pastors, and there's just a lot going on, and, and it's a student event, and this lady walks in off the street, and she's like, hey, can I come, and can I, can I 
where can I put my kid? Where can I put my kid so I can come into the service? And I'm, I'm instantly irritated because I'm like, lady, do you not see all these teenagers walking around here? Like, you are way too old to be in this room. Like, what are you doing? And you're not background checked, so you got to get out. I instantly got frustrated, but what was happening is I was operating in sight. We get so busy in life, and we get so busy in what we got to get done. I was thinking, man, we got to make certain these doors get open at the right time. Man, I got to go get the microphone. Man, I got to make certain the cue sheet is right. I got to make certain everything is firing in all cylinders. And I almost missed this moment with her where I felt like I heard God say, is the doors opening more important than this lady's soul? And I said, oh, no, God, I'm so sorry. And then it was almost like a veil was lifted off of my eyes. And I saw how broken this lady was. And I said, ma'am, can, can I please pray for you? And I prayed. And as soon as I said that, Courtney was right there. She saw it. As soon as I said that, she began to weep and cry. And we just began to speak life into her and pray over her. And, and now she's got a church home with us at Life Point. But it was all because I didn't operate in sight. I operated in vision. And so I want you guys to get that today, that, that these guys, they very well, I believe that that paralytic man was probably sitting on the side of the road. I believe that those guys did not know them. And I believe that, unfortunately, a lot of church people did just like this, walk right past them because they wanted to be in the room where Jesus was. But these guys, no, 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 they said they had vision. They were going to see Jesus. They said, no, no, brother, we're going to pick you up. We're going to take you to where you need to be because we got to make sure that you encounter Jesus. They found a way. The second thing they did, it says that they walked to the door and, and, then, and then they couldn't get in. So they were like, okay, what are we going to do? Rufus, what are we going to do? I don't know, Larry. What are we going to do? Bob, what about you? Let's go up on the roof. Bob, you crazy. But yeah, let's do it, man. Let's take him up on the roof. And so they take my man up on the roof, and, and the Bible says that they cut a hole in the roof. And what I want you to know about what's different uh, uh, about their roofs versus ours. You know, nowadays we got... You know, Tamco, uh, uh, and we've got the nice, um, wood that is framed so the water and the rain can roll off and not clog our gutters and like all this stuff. Um, they didn't have that back in the day. They had, how they built their, their roofs was like with this grimy, plaster, dirty stuff that put everything together and they put some, some sticks and some hay and some, all that stuff. Basically it was just, it was just a hut to keep them out of the elements and as well as keep them safe from the lions and tigers and bears. Oh my, like that's, that's, that's what it was. That's what, sorry y'all, I, I get, I go that way real fast. Um, but they had that for them, but that plaster, like I said, it was, it was grimy. It was messy. It was, it was not very, uh, conducive for what they really wanted to do. But you know what it tells me? It tells me step two, that they were willing to get dirty. They were willing to get down in the dirt and do whatever it took to get this man to Jesus. And, and can I be honest with you today that sometimes as church people, like to be, to be willing to be dirty, you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. 
And so these guys, they were in the place, they were like, I don't care what people think. I don't care what's going to happen. I don't care whose roof we just cut in. I don't care about that. I care that this man gets into a place before Jesus. And so they were willing to get dirty. But can I be honest with you? Sometimes we as church, as believers, and I'm not just preaching this to you. I'm preaching this to myself. Sometimes we are afraid to get dirty because we are afraid of what people are going to think about if they see us having a conversation with the homosexual. I'm being, I'm going to be real in this place. Uh, they, some, we get, we get nervous about if people see us sitting down, uh, with two hours with a homeless person. That's dirty. That's gross. That stinks. We, we get nervous about what it may look like if we're sitting down with a couple that is of the same sex and taking them out to dinner and we're like, oh, if people see me, if my church people see me, ooh, it ain't going to be good. Who cares what they think? Who cares what they think? The most important thing is that you are doing everything that you possibly can to get them to encounter the true love of Jesus Christ. And there's a few things that you have to be willing to do to, to get dirty and to get people to Jesus. You have to be willing to be uncomfortable. You got to be willing to go the extra mile. You know, how much of an extra mile did they go? They not only uh, went to the door, but they carried my man with complete dead weight because he was paralyzed up to a roof and had to engineer a way to cut this person's hole in the roof to get this guy lowered down. And so we've got to go the extra mile. we got to be creative. That was such a creative way to get that man to Jesus. And you know the other thing? we got to be willing to pay the cost. Because here's, here's what I like to say. Again, my creative mind. I just have a feeling that Jim Bob, he was the homeowner where Jesus was, right? And he was there. He's taking it in. He's like, whoa, I'm hosting Jesus in my house. Praise the Lord. Where's my notebook? Whoa, say that, Jesus. Say it. Taking down notes. That's good stuff. That, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tweet that. I'm, that's, that's good. Push that on Instagram. Let me get my selfie. Me and Jesus chilling, writing it down. And then, like, some dust falls on his notebook. He's like, that was weird. Wipes it off and keeps writing. And all of a sudden, he hears... And just this roof bust open. He's like, hey, yo, say, man. He's like, they come down, and he's probably like, hey, hey, fellas, what's up, man? Hey, that was so good. God is so good. Woo, my man got healed. It was amazing. Hey, yo, but let me holler at you. You owe me $5,000. You just cut a hole in my roof. Like, y'all cannot tell me that that did not happen. If it happened to you, and like, we're going to praise God, we're going to thank God for the miracle, we're going to celebrate, we're going to be like, glory to God. <laughs> hey, but I, I want my check, bro. I, I want my check, because you cut a hole into my roof. But you know what? Those guys, they didn't care. They were willing to pay the cost. You know what else you got to be willing? You got to be willing to jeopardize relationships. You got to be willing to not be friends with everybody even somebody that you've been friends with for years you know I can tell you a story of one of my closest friends that you know God has just been wrecking me about this and so he opened the door and we had a conversation he texted me about something about scripture and and just this spiritual boldness came over me and um I I just text him flat out back I said man I said where are you when it comes to Jesus where are you you know what I was? I was willing to jeopardize my whole relationship with him because it's more important that his soul is saved than me being friends with him. 
And so I asked him that, and, and I'll be honest with you guys, I'm still praying for him. He flat out told me, no, I'm not there yet. And so sometimes rejection can be hard, but you got to, the next thing you got to do, you got to stay persistent. You got to keep asking. Listen, you can't take no the first time and just run with it. I, car salesman. I got car salesman in the house. Listen, I, y'all know the first rule of thumb is that if somebody tells you no, you find a different way. Isn't that right, John? You're like, all right, cool. You said no to that one. Well, I got this Mitsubishi over here that has less mileage. Oh, you said no to that one. I got this Tahoe over here. Like, you keep trying. You keep asking because you never know when they will finally say yes. And church, can I say we should have that same mentality when it comes to somebody that's lost. We keep asking because we never know when that yes will come. I'll tell you another personal story about that. I have a, a neighbor um, that he's been our neighbor for over a year and a half now, as long as we've lived there. And I've been inviting him. I stayed persistent on him. I kept inviting him and saying, hey, man, I want you to come to church. I just, I want you to come with me. I feel like God's got something for you. And it was no, 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 I'm not going to be there. I can't make it. And then it was finally like, dude, I'm not coming. And so I could have easily taken that and said, all right, I'm done. I'll, I'll leave the dude alone. But then there was one more time. We just were blessed to open up a campus, uh, a new facility on our campus. And, um, and uh, we did something cool. We just opened up the building to tour for anybody that wanted to come and tour the building because we wanted them to see themselves in the building before they actually got there. So we let them see every nook and cranny of the building. And I was like, you know what? This might be my chance. I'm going to ask him one more time. Like, I, and, and listen, it's, it's not about a building at all. It's not about a building. But I used, I said, man, we got these nice flat screen TVs. We got the top of the line uh, electronics. Like you play guitar. I can show you on the stage like where you'd plug in, where you'd be standing, what it would look like, all those things. Listen, it's not about a building, but you got to use whatever you have to get somebody to see what you want them to see. And so I was like, I was like, come on in, man. And, and so he said, yeah, I'll come, I'll come see the building. I just, I just want to see the building. I've been driving by it every day and I just want to see it. I said, cool. I said, bet, let's go. Challenge accepted. And so he, he comes and give him the whole tour of the building, the whole tour. And then he comes, we end on the platform. And I showed him, I said, man, I said, this is where you can stand. And play your guitar like you love and lead people into worship. He said, I, I could. Like, I, you think I could really do that? I said, yeah, man, of course you can. And he was like, cool, cool. And he goes, but I probably won't. I was like, why? Why? And he just began to break down. And he cried. And he began to share with me what he had going on in his life that he hadn't shared with anybody else. And it was right there on that platform. I said, man, I said, I'm so sorry that you're going through that. I'm so sorry that this is happening to you. And, And I'll be honest with you, I don't have the answer for that. But I know somebody who does. And so I said, man, I I don't know what it is, but I want to ask you one more time. Will you please like come to church with me? Because I believe that peace, I believe that answer that you're looking for is found there. And it was right there on that platform that he said, yes, I'll come. And I'm happy to announce that about four weeks ago, he came to church. He sat right in the front row with me. He lifted up his hands. He worshiped God, encountered him, and changed his life like never before. All because 
because I stayed persistent. Don't ever take that first no. Don't ever take the 10th no. Keep going because someone's soul is more important. And as the band comes, the last point is they, they, they found a way. They were willing to get dirty. And number three, they ultimately got the goal. They got the man to Jesus. They, they got him to Jesus. And it says it like this in verse 18, verse 20. It says, seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, young man, your sins are forgiven. So they accomplished the goal and got him in front of Jesus. And they did everything that they had to do. And, and I want to tell you today that you may have to do whatever it takes to get somebody in front of Jesus. I know some of you are sitting there looking like, how is this message about me? It is all about you because when you get this in your heart and you take this out there and you begin to bring people in here, you will stand before God one day and he will say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. You brought people to me, which is what it was all about. There's a couple more things about the scripture that stands out to me. It says, it says that Jesus said, Seeing their faith, it was their faith that got the man healed. Like, I want you to get that. It wasn't him. It wasn't him saying, Jesus, I open my heart to you. I believe and, and I accept you into my heart or whatever. I believe he did later. But it had nothing to do with that. Jesus saw their faith. And because of their faith, he got healed. I'm going to say that again. Because of their faith... He got healed. So what am I saying to you? I'm saying it may not take somebody knowing Jesus or having all the answers, but it might just simply be your faith that will get your son to come back home. It may be your faith that will have that father that abused you come back and kneel at the altar. It may be your faith that will bring your family back together. It may be your faith that shifts the course of somebody's life. It had nothing to do with the man. And, and then lastly in this scripture it says, it says Jesus said, young man, your sins are forgiven. Now we got to back up for a second because I'm sure those men that did all this, they were like, Arr? they were like, again, they were probably like, hey, yo, JC, <laughs> what's up, man? Hey, that tunic is fresh, man. I like those sandals too. You cool, cool. Hey, man, uh, hey, let me talk to you for a minute, bro. Um, we just carried my man about a mile, dead weight. Um, we couldn't get in. So guess what, Jesus? We didn't even stop, bro. We went up to the roof and then we, we cut a hole in Jim Bob's roof. Sorry, Jim Bob. And, and we lowered him down to you. And, uh, like, bro, you see how dirty I am, how tired I am. I'm out of shape. I'm sweating. Like, and I don't know what you know this, but the man is paralyzed. Like, what are you talking about? His sins are forgiven. But here's where we all mess up and where Jesus knew it. Jesus knew that it was more important to deal with what was going on on the inside of him than the outside. 
He knew it was so much more important to deal with what was going on in here than out there. And I think this is where we miss it because some of you are sitting here like, I've invited my friends, I've invited my son, and I've invited my family. They've come to church, and I thought something happened, but then that same night, you know, they went back home, and they cracked open a 40-pack, and they got drunk, and and they're still sleeping around, and they're doing all this. And I thought, uh, that's I, I obviously didn't work. Don't you ever discount the seed that God may have planted in somebody's heart just because you don't see it on the exterior doesn't mean that God is not doing a work in his heart so he doesn't care that somebody has holes in their nose he doesn't care that somebody has pink and blonde and blue hair he doesn't care that somebody comes in this place completely wasted and completely drunk all he cares about is if he has the opportunity to grab their heart because once he grabs their heart he'll get their actions once he gets their heart he will get their thoughts once he gets their heart he will get their motives it is not about what's going on on the outside but God says bring people that I can have their hearts give them a shout of praise in this place if you believe it grab your seat just for one second Jesus doesn't want he doesn't care about people's exterior Church, can we do better, myself included, of judging people for what's going on with them on the outside of what's going on on the inside? The church is a hospital, and some of us just made it to the hospital before the others. And guess what we're supposed to be? We're supposed to be wayfinders to get them here. I'm going to tell you this, church, if, if we were to get this as a church all across all the world. I'm not just talking about here at Destiny Church, across all the world. If we were to get that, I firmly believe that we would not have enough chairs in any service that we have. If we stop seeing people with sight and start inviting, and I'm not saying be weird. I'm not saying be on the side of the road with the John 3.16 sign. I think that's stupid. I'm going to be honest. I, I don't like that at all. And so don't be that weird person, but when God opens that door, you better walk through it. And say, hey, here's my story. Here's, here's what's going on in my life. Here's my testimony. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment. And if you're in this place this morning, this is what it's all about. And no condemning statement at all. But if you think that, man, if something happened to me today, I'm... I'm honestly not sure, Pastor TJ, where exactly I would go. Maybe you haven't been the one that has fully opened up your heart to Jesus yet. Or maybe you have and you've just kind of fallen back on it. Listen, it's not a condemning statement. We're all sinners in need of a Savior. We have all sinned and we will all continue to sin. And that's why Jesus had to come down. And so I want to tell you in this place today that if you're in here... And you say, I, I know I've, I've missed it and I, and I want Jesus to really be the full Lord and Savior of my heart without anybody else looking around with 
just your boldness and courageousness, not caring or worrying about who's sitting next to you, not caring if you bump elbows with them because you raise your hand and they might know. Who cares if they know? Let's tell the world about what we believe. If you're in this place and you say, Jesus, I want to surrender my life to you for real this time. On the count of three, I want you to lift up your hands. One, two, three. Come on, lift up your hands. I see him. I see. Thank you, God. Right there in the middle section on the right side, over here on the right side. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. This is what it's all about. Heaven is rejoicing right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else? Anybody else? You can put your hands down now at this moment. Thank you, God. Come on. Let's pray this prayer for the benefit of those that maybe have never prayed this prayer before. Let's say it out loud together as a church family. Everybody say, Dear Jesus, I thank you for the perfect life you lived. Jesus, today, I admit that you lived, that you died, and that you were raised from the dead. And today, I accept you into my heart. Be Lord and Savior of my life. And from this day forward, I give my life to you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, church. Let's celebrate those that made that decision. No, come on. Heaven is rejoicing. Let's give God a shout in this place. Now, there's one more thing I want to do, and I'm going to try to do it really quickly. I'm glad everybody's standing. Go ahead and stand. For some of you, you are that man on the mat. You are that person that's paralyzed with something right now, whether it's paralyzed with fear, whether it's paralyzed with anxiety. You're paralyzed. Some of you are really fearful about 2019 because 2018 was just not that good to you. And for some of you, you got big financial decisions and and you're paralyzed by maybe a divorce that hurts you. You're paralyzed by a relationship. You're paralyzed by some words that somebody said to you and you don't know how you're going to make it. But I'm going to tell you today, I'm going to use my faith and everybody else's faith that this doesn't involve. And we're going to say, we're going to see Jesus tell you that what I didn't tell you later in the story. He went back to the man. He said, your sins are forgiven, but now I need you to stand up Pick up your map and go home and tell people about it. Today, with our faith, we're going to tell you to stand up. Pick up your map. Don't carry it again. And in Jesus' name, you're going to be set free and delivered. If that's you and you know that you're paralyzed by something in your life, I don't care if it's one. If it is one, it's all worth it. If it's several people, I want you to come down to this altar on the count of three. One, two, three. Come on, move right now in the name of Jesus. If you know, come on, church. We can celebrate those that are that are saying, Jesus, I need you and I don't know how I'm going to make it. Come on, they're coming all over. Come on, just line up across this whole side. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Can everybody down here just lift up your hands for one second? It's just a sign of surrender. I want to tell you something that is literally written on my notes back there that God wanted me to tell each and every one of you. And the words that he had me write down for this specific altar call was that God sees you. He saw you when you were in your car and you just didn't know what to do and you just began to weep. He saw you when you didn't have an answer. He saw you when those person turned their back on you. He saw you in that situation. But today, 
Jesus is going to see all of our faith in this place. And because of that, no longer will you carry it. No longer will you burden it. No longer. You're going to stand up. You're going to pick up your mat and walk. During the, we're going to sing a little bit of this song. And I'm going to come and I'm going to pray for you and believing that God is going to do some amazing things. We're going to sing this song that says no shadow. He won't light up no mountain. He won't climb up because of his reckless love. I love the part of the song that says there's no wall that Jesus won't kick down. Is anybody thankful that there's nothing that God will keep us from seeing his love? Come on, open up your hearts and let's begin to sing it out in this place this morning. Come on, staff, you can come and begin to help me pray. Let's lift our hands this morning. I want to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, all across the auditorium, Lord, I speak to the paralyzed person who's been hurt, no longer paralyzed by fear, no longer paralyzed by their past, no longer paralyzed by hurt. No longer paralyzed by abuse. No longer paralyzed by fear. But in the name of Jesus, we say be made whole in Jesus' name. Receive your healing in Jesus' name. Receive your freedom in Jesus' name. Say those words, I am free in Jesus' name. I am healed in Jesus' name. I will walk again in Jesus' name. Come on, if you receive that today, put your hands together. God, I have to receive that today. In the name of Jesus. Have you guys, do you love the Williams family? Do you love them? Come on, let me know how much you love them. We're going to allow those who are still praying to continue to pray. We're not dismissing you yet, but I want the ushers to go ahead and prepare. We're going to take up a love offering for this family today. We love them. I want you to help me bless them. We're going to pass the buckets in just a second here, ushers, as you get ready to do that. Everything that you give to this offering is going to go right back into the, the bless their family. And we want to be a blessing to them. They've been a blessing to us, and we want to bless them back. You're going to help me honor them today. If you didn't come prepared to give in the offering, you can also give by texting the number. Go ahead and bring that number back up, guys, on the screens if you could. You can text the number on your phones. You can give by there's a drop box on the giving app there that says special speaker. Everything given to the special speaker fund today electronically will also be given to them as well, okay? And so let's pray over this offering, then I will allow you guys to give. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the Williams family, God, the blessing they are to our church. We thank you for the word they spoke to us today. Father, may it challenge us, may it change us, may it rock us to the very core of who we are. May it be way finders, God, helping people find their way, pointing people to you. And God, now we pray a blessing over this offering. May it be a blessing to them, their ministry, to their family. In Jesus' name, go ahead and begin to pass those this morning. As we're passing those today, don't forget tonight we got DCY lock-in. If you haven't signed up, you've got to sign up before you leave today. It's very, very important. Listen, I won't see you again until next year, so this is important, right? i got to let you know. I can't wait next Sunday to share the fresh vision, the direction we're heading as we head into next Sunday. Don't want to miss it. It's going to be very exciting, very challenging to us. As they pass the buckets here, make sure you get those buckets passed. Yeah, make sure we have a chance to do that. How many say this? I'm going to look for somebody to bring. I'm going to look for someone to show the way to. I'm going to look for somebody to point to Jesus. This week, I'm taking the challenge. Is that you? Listen, people, look, there's people making New Year's resolutions. Why not help them say, hey, this is a good time to get plugged back into church. 
This is a good time to get God as the center of your life as you start the new year. Begin to pray about your fast. Begin to pray about what's going on. And we'll give you a chance. Thank you so much. We love you. Turn and give someone a high five and say, I love you. It's good to be with you today. God bless you.